All right, good morning. We're entering into Passion Week, and so, um, man, what a great opportunity to take some time. I think Monday through Thursday, 4 to 8, we're going to have that um, area open in the, east, in the East Atrium for it's a self-guided um, journey, kind of reading through the week of the passion and the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so there's different stations that you'll go to. Give yourself probably about a half an hour um, to do that. And it will just be a great grounding thing to do this week as we uh, get ready to celebrate Easter. So in the next, well, Friday, Good Friday service at 7 o'clock right here. And then um, Sunday, 9 and 11 uh, for celebrating Easter and um, Remember, there's, uh, there's lots of people who, um, Christmas and Easter, that's their deal. And so, in Bram, this it's Easter, it's your day. And so, uh, um, have them come on out. Then second, I want to uh, just congratulate all of you who had San Diego State in your bracket. So, anybody? Did you have San Diego State? Seriously, that's awesome. I read that 0.8% of brackets had San Diego State getting to the final. Anybody else have San Diego State? My daughter, first gathering, had San Diego State. Oh, I see another hand. Are, are, we, are we just liars? Um, no. Uh, and I asked her yesterday, like, why did you put San Diego State to go all the way through? And she said, well, of all the, the cities and stuff I was seeing, San Diego, San Diego would be my favorite. And it's like, oh, well, no wonder. And she goes, if San Luis Obispo was, was playing, I would have put them into the championship. So um, anyway, so it worked. I, you know, who's to, to argue? Um, we're continuing. We're actually finishing the first half of the book of Genesis. Half not in the sense of chapters, but half in the, in the sense of theme. Um, uh, Genesis 1 through 11 gives us, well, the word Genesis, it's a, it's, it's a transliteration of a Hebrew word um, that means seed pod. Okay, the, the, the beginnings, the seminal beginnings of humanity and, um, and really the, what, why we were meant to live, what, why we were created. We were created to live with God and enjoy God. And so he built this creation for, um, for us to enjoy him. And unfortunately, very early on, as we learned in Genesis, Genesis chapter three, we began to doubt the goodness of God. And God is good, and God is great, and he's loving, and he's majestic. And, um, and yet, we thought, maybe I know what's better for me and so God may be holding something back. And so we chose to trust ourselves more than God. And that began a cycle of uh, making bad decisions, trying to live life um, without the wisdom and truth and the love of God and say, I can do this on my own. And it just leads to bad decisions and bad decisions and bad decisions. And, and uh, man, this, let's see. A little over a week ago, Kathy convinced me to begin watching the series that she really enjoyed. Um, and so we started watching this, and um, she's laughing at it, and I'm 
getting very uncomfortable because it was this family, they're in England, um, it's you know, two families coming together and there's, there's just dysfunction everywhere and bad decisions everywhere. And I am looking at the screen going, no, don't do that. This, this, this is not gonna end up well. And she's laughing and I'm miserable. Um, and you know, I thought, okay, there's, this is life right here. Is, it's so easy for me to see other people do dumb things and see that that's not gonna end up well. And yet in my own life, I can so easily just do dumb things and not even see it. You know, not just, not see it clearly. And Genesis is a chance for us to look and say, you know what, um, we're not that complex because we, we do the same dumb things over and over and over again and we're still doing them. And that's what we're gonna look at today is just another example of those. Um, uh, the, the, the spiral began you know, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve doubting the goodness of God, and God is good. And God can be trusted. And yet there's something in this that says, you know what, I think I wanna do what's right in my eyes instead of surrendering, my, surrendering myself to God because I doubt, is he really good? And that leads to um, just, you know, the, the family gets messed up, communities get messed up, um, and, and eventually the world is messed up to where there's only one, the, the Bible says there was only one family that was still being faithful to the good God. And uh, God said, tell you what I'm gonna do, I'm, we're, gonna, we're gonna reboot, we're, we're gonna start over, and as a gift to humanity, I'm just not gonna end it, but I'm gonna save this one family, the family of Noah, and give us a fresh start. And so, um, and so we did. And in chapters nine, or eight and nine, we, we see the, the flood, and humanity is wiped out, except for the family of Noah for a restart. Verses nine and 10, um, it's, God saying to Noah's family, okay, now spread out and fill the earth. Spread out, I want you to uh, set up communities and, and families and nations all over this earth and it's gonna begin with you and so spread out. And now we're in chapter 11 and let's see where it is, verse one. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And, they, and they, had, they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city. So in other words, hey, let's settle down. Let's stop spreading out. And a tower with its tops in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves and let's, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And so what's happening here? Well, God just told them, spread out, fill the earth, establish new communities and new, new uh, cities and new nations. And they're going, hey, let's just stay together. And so right out of the gate, you know, God had to be going, has it been this long since the flood? I mean, are you already remember, you know, forgetting what life is living on your own versus life living with me, the life that I created you for to enjoy living with God. And, uh, 
and yet we're slow. We, uh, we go back and make the same mistakes. So what is going on here? So um, they're going to build a tower. Um, it's called Tower of Babel. You, you may have heard of it. You may be familiar with the story. Um, some people think that, you know, from what it says is they, they were going to build it so high they could reach into heaven. And that really wasn't um, the purpose of the tower. The purpose was they're going to build it so high to, so, to show the gods how great we are and to make it easy for the gods to step down to us and to get to us and to bless us. Um, these ancient towers uh, were called ziggurats, okay, ziggurats. If you've seen pictures or maybe you've been in South America and you've, you've seen the, the architecture of a Mayan temple and, and it's, it's um, you know, square and it's stepped, you know, up to the top and it's, and it's big. It looks kind of like a pyramid, but it's, there's steps, big steps on the way up. And um, that would be similar to a ziggurat. Okay, and in ancient times, what what peoples would do is they would figure out, okay, you know, what do we believe about um, ourselves and and life outside of ourselves, and is there a God? And yes, there's God, there's God, or there's gods because we need those gods to bless us for uh, safety and to give us produce and to give us all the good things in life. And so we're going to worship them, and it's kind of a symbiotic relationship where. Hey, you know, we worship you so that you give us what we want. And so the ziggurats were, next to those temples, there were these structures that were built that um, it was believed the gods would come down on. And so here in, in the Tower of Babel, they're saying, hey, let's, let's just take things into our own hands and let's just make it where it is so easy for the gods to come down and bless us. I mean, let's, let's build a huge one and make it really tall. And it's just like, wow, these people are impressive. And so that's what was happening here, okay? To make it easy for God to come down and to bless them. And it says, let us make a name for ourselves. And so here, here's the first point that um, these people were, the very thing they wanted in life, they weren't going to get in life. Because their problem wasn't the main problem. The problem that they were trying to fix was, I want to make a name for myself. And so I want to um, worship the gods and make it easy for them to bless us. And um, the problem is they're getting their eyes off of the God. And so here's the first point. God, not ourselves, should be our focal point. God, not ourselves, should be our focal point. Um, you know, one of the things I think about is... Uh, you know, back in the day when you had kids, you go to classes and, and they would teach you like, okay, you know, if you really love your child, you're not going to have any drugs. You're just going to do it naturally. And, um, and I was like, okay, fine with me. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, Kathy and I would go to these classes and they would teach you how do you work through the pain. And uh, one, of the, one of the things was they would say, find a focal point in the room and focus on that focal point and breathe through the pain. And as a coach, you know, my job was to keep her focused on the focal point and get her to breathe and give her ice chips. Um, and, uh, but uh, that in a very simplistic way is uh, what God is saying. Is, is that, you know, in life there's going to be pain and there's going to be difficulty. Um, 
keep focused on me. Keep focused on me. And it'll, it'll give you perspective and, and, and you'll get through things and you will actually, no matter what's happening in life, you will actually enjoy walking through life because you're doing it with me. And that was our focus. That's why we were created. It just takes us to our very origins. We were created to live life with our creator. And it is easy for us to get our focus off of our God and get our focus on myself. Um, this is how I think things should go. This is the things that I want in life. And uh, this is what I'm going after. And this is what they're going after. I, built, I wanna uh, make a name for myself. And uh, th th that just hits some very base things in our lives that we all desire. But we all desire them because God made us that way. Because he said, you know, you're built for life with me. And as you enjoy me, there's gonna be some things that um, I bless you with as a result of living life with me. And we were getting messed up here because we were going after, I want to make a name for myself. My eyes now are off of God and they're on me. In order to make a name for myself, what does that mean? I mean, we all struggle. I mean, we want to be valued, don't we? I mean, I want to know my life has meaning and purpose. I want to know I am of value. I'm not just a number. I'm not just a, you know, a, a cog in the system. I, I want to know that I am valued, that I have significance, that I, um, I have worth. And we all have the desire for that. Am I just one of a, you know, a billion faceless little dots in humanity? Or am I of value? Am I of worth? Um, does my life mean something? Am I someone special? We all want that. In fact, I can, um, are you ever tempted to lie? You ever do something that you're not, you know, you don't want other people to know at work or, and so you just, you spin it and kind of justify it or you just change it a little bit that hits on a little bit of truth but it leaves out the bad part. Why are we doing that? We're trying to make a name for ourselves. We're trying to convince somebody that I am somebody that I'm not. I'm trying to make a name for myself. Why do I spend money I don't have? I'm trying to make a name for myself. Why do I gossip and slander other people? I'm trying to make a name for myself. I mean, we, we, we have this just desire to know that we are valued and we are of worth and my life counts and I want other people to know it. And, um, and from that perspective, we are not that complex. I mean, that's Genesis 11 and that's us today. And we have those same, same struggles. How else? I wanna know that I am safe and secure, that um, I, I, I have all I need to, uh, to have security in life. I have enough friends, I have enough in savings, I have um, an, enough life adventures, I have all the things that are just the good things in life that I can feel secure. I wanna have significance and I wanna have security. Now where does that come from? It, it's, it's in all of us because if we were created to live life enjoying God every day because we know God is with us, what happens? I know I'm a value. There is no doubt I am a value and worth because I'm loved, I've been created by the God of the universe for a purpose. 
and he walks with me every day. Is my value there? Yeah, it's rock solid. Do I believe lies? Oh yeah, I can get me off of it. Can't, do I start thinking, oh, I have to start doing this and accomplish this and get this in order to feel real meaning and significance? Yeah, wh- why is that happening? Because my, my eyes are on me. I want, I want the value, I want the significance, but when my eyes are on me, I want the stuff of God without God. I want the stuff of God without God. It's easy to do. I mean, you spend time, you're walking with God, you spend time with God. In, in, your, in your spiritual journey, have you ever um, had a season where you're just enjoying God so much? And maybe everything isn't going great, but you're recognizing the goodness of God every day in the, in the midst of a storm. And you're just going, God, I am so thankful you're with me. Life is not out of control because you're in control and you're a good God. And although it, it looks messy to me, um, I know, I know I'm, I'm good in your hands, even to the point of death. You know, um, I, oh, Marty um, Bergman looked this up for me. I think it's in Ecclesiastes where it talks about uh, how blessed a person is who dies young. It's like, what? We think that's terrible. I mean, what, what, what a disaster. No, because saying, you know, ultimately if you die young, man, you, you miss a lot of the pain of life and you just get to fully embrace the unencumbered presence of God. What a gift. And so I can go through life with, in, in, with a sense of security, knowing that, man, nothing can rob that from me. I, I, I'm in the hands of a good God. I'm walking with him today. And he's enough. And what's that, what does that bring? Well, that brings value, significance, security, and peace. No matter what my circumstances are, yeah, I can have peace. I can have contentment and joy in life, even through the hard. That's the life that God intended us to enjoy, is life with him but we get our eyes on the stuff. I, I, I want the peace, I want the joy, I want the, the significance. And we get our eyes off him, and so then we say, I, I'll take things in my own hands. And so I gotta get this, and I gotta get that, and I gotta have this. And, and so we start going after it, we pursue it, and it's a fruitless pursuit, because where we get it is our relationship with God, and, uh, and yet we want the stuff of God without God. All right. And, and the stuff of God is good. I mean, the reason we go after it is because the gifts of God are good. And we can enjoy the good gifts of God when our focus are, is on God because we're not going to be imprisoned by the good gifts. They're going to be in perspective. And what, what's interesting is the good gifts of God really aren't connected to the stuff I have. Because then all of a sudden, I, when I'm focusing on God, I realize how majestic God is. How amazing, how powerful, how loving, how patient, how gracious. And all of a sudden, those become the good gifts of God. Because, man, I I know that I'm pursued and loved by the God of the universe who knows me better than I know myself. And yet, as much as I know myself, I want to reject myself a lot of times. And God tells me, don't do that. That's a lie. I know you. You're not perfect. You make mistakes. 
and I'm holding nothing back in my love for you. Wow. And focusing on God makes life good. But then we can say, oh, you know, the good things of life that I'm enjoying, oh, those are really good. And we can slip into all of a sudden pursuing the stuff of life instead of God himself. And that's what happens in the Old Testament. We're just beginning this in Genesis, but over and over and over, we're gonna see this again and again in Genesis, and we'll see it throughout the rest of the Old Testament, is we enjoy the presence of God, and then we get our eyes off of God, and we start getting our eyes on the stuff of life, and we start thinking, I, can, I, I need to go after that. I want that. And that would make life really great. And we've just left the source of the good and we're focusing on the good stuff. And then what that does, it leads us to unfulfillment, lack of peace. Because even when I start accomplishing some of the things that I want to accomplish, it, isn't, it doesn't fill me up. It, it leaves me kind of more hungry because, okay, I got it, but you know what? This person over there now has something in their lives that I don't have, and so I got to go after that. And it's just this, this endless life of, of no contentment. And God's saying, it's because you're getting your eyes off me. Be, be the person I made you to be. Let, let's go through life together. And uh, we, have a hard, we have a hard time doing that. Um, Cycle in the Old Testament, walking with God, getting our eyes off of God, making bad decisions, um, suffering as a result of those bad decisions, eventually realizing, ah, we've, been, we've, we've left God. And then coming back to God and God being gracious and, for, and forgiving, forgives us, we get reconnected to God, start walking with God, enjoying walking with God, enjoying the blessings of God, getting our eyes off of God, focusing on ourselves and doing the cycle again. And that is, that is the cycle of the Old Testament and I look at them and say, oh man, what a bunch of idiots, what were they thinking? And then I think that's the cycle of my spiritual journey. You know, what a fool I can be to walk away from the goodness of walking with God. And it happens easy. You know, just start tackling the day without acknowledging God. Start tackling the issues of life without having a focus on the goodness of God in my life and the wisdom and the guidance that he gives and that I can trust him. And before you know it, I've, my focus is fully on me going after the stuff of God but not going after God. All right, um, verse five. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. And so they got what they wanted. You know, they built this impressive tower so the gods would come down, but the God that they weren't focused on is coming down, in which the children of man had built. Verse six. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. Now, that's not, that's not an impressive thing. Like God's going, wow, I better stop them because they are unbelievably gifted. And they're just going to do some amazing things and realize how amazing they are and not realize how amazing I am. No, he's going, uh, this is only the beginning. They're going to be so full of themselves. I mean, and that's a, that's a brutal course to go on, to, to overestimate who you are. 
on your own. And God says, that's trouble. And it says, and nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible for them. And that is not a statement of saying they can do anything they want to do. It's a statement of they think they'll be able to do anything they want to do. And so it's God's going, oh man, they are cocky. They are cocky, and this is not good. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Matthew 23, this is the words of Jesus, verses 11 and 12. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Wow. So different than what we think. I mean, you, you start getting your eyes on God and start listening to the words of Jesus and you think, man, he flip-flops values because it's not interpreting the world through the eyes of humanity. It's interpreting the world through the eyes of God and what he wants for you. And so it says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. How can that happen? Well, it happens because my focus is on God and I'm secure in who I am and I know that I'm loved. If I fail at my job, if somebody's mad at me and rejects me and I lose their friendship, it, it's not a matter of me um, not having an identity now because I'm not seeing myself through the eyes of having to have the, the uh, approval of others in order to feel good about myself. I said, man, I just want to serve God who loves me and pursues me and, is and feels that I'm valuable enough to hold nothing back and even die on the cross so that I can walk through life with him. What does that do? That frees me up to love people because I am not tiptoeing going, are they going to interpret what I'm doing right? Are they going to think that I'm good or bad? Are they good? You know, I'm, not, I'm not crippled by that. And so I can get my, my focus not on me, but my eyes on God. And so then I'm freed to say, man, what are the needs of others around me? How can I serve, serve others? And so he said, man, put your eyes on God and you'll be a servant and you'll enjoy it. And it's because you're, you're, your value and worth is not dependent upon how other people react to you. Here's the second thing. God corrects us to give us a chance to refocus on him. And here he comes down in verse seven. Come let us, let us, okay, God is talking here. And he says, let us, is that, what's that talking about? I think it's talking about the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God and three persons. Um, uh, yeah, it's confusing. Um, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth and they left off building the city. Um, verse nine and 10, he said, man, go spread out, fill the earth. And they said, no. And he says, well, I'm gonna do it anyway. And so they could have trusted in God and known that he's a good God and I'm gonna follow you. I surrender to you what you're doing. Instead, they did the, the thing that everybody else was doing in the Old Testament over and over and over again, and we do it, is I'm gonna do what's right in my own eyes. Everyone was doing what's right in their own eyes. 
That means who's my eyes on? Me. Who determines right and wrong? Truth? Me. What was the sin in the garden? Adam and Eve doubted that God was good and, and believed that maybe he was holding back something from them and they trusted themselves over God. And God's saying, just trust me. You can trust me and enjoy living with me or you can, I will still do what I wanna do and I'll accomplish my goals and my vision for God's kingdom and uh, you'll be confused and lost. And that's what was happening here. He, he did it, but he did it with their confusion. In Genesis 11, um, these people were trying to solve their biggest needs in life. They're saying, okay, here's the biggest problem is I need to know I'm, I'm significant. I need to know I'm value. I need to know I have security. And that wasn't their biggest problem. Their biggest problem was they had a focus problem. Is my eyes on God? Am I trusting him? Am I recognizing who he is? Is that in the forefront of my mind so I'm enjoying him? And I know he's with me? Man, some of the most significant times of my life were some of the most painful times of my life. Where I wasn't enjoying the good stuff of God from a circumstantial situation, but I was enjoying God at a deeper level and more thankful for him than ever. Because I was realizing this one thing that was changing my life. And that is, if all I have, of God, if all I have in life is God, is, that, is he enough? And I was answering yes, through tears. That was sweet in the midst of storms. God is good. He is so good. He can do in us and through us and around us what we can never do. Let's keep our eyes on him. Um, like that show that Kath and I were watching, um, we can be really blinded to our own stuff. And, and here's one of the reasons why I think, is, is we in our minds can think, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, surrender most of my life to God but there's parts of my life that uh, I really need to keep under control. I need them. And so I just do not want to trust them with God because he may take them away. Or he may change it. And, and I like how this is going. Or, I, or maybe I don't like how this is going, but this compartment I know is wrong and I know I shouldn't be involved in it, but I, I just can't get away from it. And, and so I'm, I'm trapped by it. And but that's just one compartment of life. The rest of my life, man, we're good, we're good. Well, the Bible says if, if we have an area in our lives where we're just not surrendering and we're just saying, I'm gonna do what's right in my own eyes, um, that actually impacts all of our life and our ability to see ourselves through the eyes of God in a right and clear way. And we'll start believing lies. And it's called, um, in the New Testament, they say it's, it's quenching the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because God wants to shine life on our life and say, hey, this is, um, this is how you follow me, this is how you trust me, and I will bless you in your life as a result. Um, but when you start holding back, my, my light on your life 
is dimmer. Not because I want it to be, but because you are turning down the dim switch. And my truth and who I am and my goodness is your doubting. And you say, man, bring it all into the light. And don't hold back because you're gonna be, you're, you're not gonna see yourself clearly. You're gonna have more blind spots. You're gonna be walking into stupid things um, in ignorance, even though I'm trying to show you, um, watch out. That's what he's doing in Genesis chapter 11, saying, hey, I'm, I've made it clear what I want you to do. You're not doing it. You're doing what's right in your own ideas. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring some stuff in your life you're not gonna like, but if you respond to it right, it'll be a wake-up call. And that's what he's doing here, and that's what many times in our own life we need. It's easy to examine the lives of others, and sometimes it's not easy to examine our own um, because we're not fully surrendered. Or you don't have people around you that can be honest with you and let you know of stuff that you're not seeing. So bring it into the light. In chapter 12 of Genesis, we're gonna begin that. Um, next week is Easter. Then we're gonna do a four-week series on, um, we're calling it, what are we calling it? We're calling it Peace of Mind. And I, I've just really, you know, the last few years, um, so many people, so many, had just struggling with depression, anxiety. Um, it's impacted you or somebody you love. And this is not new issues, but they've, they, they've just been amplified. And so we're gonna spend uh, four weeks just talking about uh, you know, how our mind, body, and spirit, you know, God made us as whole people. And, and what's some truth that he's given us to be healthy as whole people. So we're gonna spend four weeks on that, then we're getting back to Genesis, and we're gonna uh, finish Genesis this year, but we're gonna go through 12 through 50, and that second half of the book is about the patriarchs. And it's God saying, I created you to walk with me, and you keep walking away from me. And so now I'm gonna do a new thing, and that is I'm gonna pick a family, the family of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham, to be my chosen people, that as you walk with me, you will be an example to all the world of the life that they were meant to live. And that's, that's the plan. And then we get to see that plan get messed up by people over and over and over again. And uh, it's, it's um, you know, Abraham and Jacob and, and uh, eventually Joseph. And so we will be going through that uh, together. But God keeps reminding us through human history, the plan is for you to be with me and me to be with you and to walk through life. Moses is writing this while the children of Israel are wandering through the deserts. What's happening in the desert? God gives them a reminder that God is with them. Just wake up, focus on me. I wanna walk through life with you. I'm in the desert. Yeah, I wanna walk with you through the desert. And so they, they build a tabernacle and it's a reminder of God's with us. And then eventually, they, they enter into the promised land, and they, they, they go to the place in which God says, okay, now 
you can build a temple. And Solomon builds this temple. And, um, and the glory of the Lord says comes down on the temple as a reminder that this is, this is true of your life every day. You are made to live life with me. And then eventually, after constantly turning away from God and thinking about how do I want to live life, I'm going to do what's right in my own eyes. God says, um, I'm going, to, I'm going to demonstrate the life that you're living. And actually, um, I think it's in Ezekiel, visibly, they see the glory of God lift off the temple and depart. And it's, it's, it's actually the name Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed. And the people cried. And they realized, man, my, the focus has been on myself and I have not enjoyed living with the God who created me to live with him. But God doesn't give up. Even, you know, there were still people who were recognizing it and God was with them. But then God became flesh and said, I'm, I'm, I want to again open my people's eyes to the fact that I, they were created to live with me. And God became flesh and dwelt among us in Jesus Christ until we said, no, we don't want you. And we reject him and we kill him. And then he rises from the dead and ascends to heaven and says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit. And here's a big group of people who are saying, hey, let's, let's, let's stay together and build a name for ourselves. And then he sends the Holy Spirit to a small group of people in Acts chapter 2 that um, are followers of Jesus. And instead of confusing their languages, he, they, they speak, and there's people that they're speaking to from all over the world, and they're hearing the message. And it's because God is with them, and that day 3,000 people put their trust in God and said, yeah, I was created to live life with you, and you've made a way for me to be forgiven and reunited with you. And so the Holy Spirit's been promised to, to us today so that God is with us, and we're getting a piece of him. In John chapter 14, before Jesus left, he said, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that, that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. He's saying there's a day where what I created you to be and, and, and you were created to be in a relationship with me, unencumbered, at, in perfect harmony, there's a day where that's gonna happen. And he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you so where I am, there you may be also. And today, you and I get to begin that journey or continue that journey, if that's what you've been on, of enjoying walking with God every day. God with us. And so this week, is it a week that we say, okay, my focus needs to be on God. I need to confess. I need to bring this into the light and say, God, I've been doing what was right in my own eyes and I have not been focused on you. Maybe this is a week where we, re, we confess, we bring that into the light and say, God, I want to focus on you. I surrender to you. 
Maybe there's an area of my life that I've been holding back and I know I've been holding it back. I'm afraid of losing it and I wanna be in control, but we serve a good God and so I'm gonna trust your goodness. I'm gonna follow you in this area of my life. Maybe by bringing this into the light, we recognize that I'm a, I'm a prisoner to it. I've tried to bring it to life, I've tried to change, and I'm just stuck. Well, maybe this week is a, is a time for you to tell this to somebody else who understands the journey you're on. And for some, it may be a uh, thing where in your spiritual journey, you know God's been getting your attention, and, um, but it's been in your control. You're like, you know, God is something I need to add to my life. There's a lot of things going right with God, or right in my life, but one thing is I know I'm a spiritual being, and so I need to add a spiritual component to my life, and so I need to add God to my life. So I'm in charge of my life, but I just need to bring God into it. And you, and you're, but you're still, you're the focus, because I'm gonna manipulate things. I'm gonna decide what that looks like. And um, ultimately, we can say that's silly, because there's a God who loves you, and he's a God of the universe, and he created all, and he's infinitely wise, and he knows your strengths and your weaknesses, and he says, let me walk with you. Trust me. And that means surrender. That's not just a word. I mean, the, the Bible says the demons believe and shudder. They intellectually believe in God, that they, they've seen what in history what's happened. They know Jesus is the son of God. They know he's the hope of the world, but they are not, they're not putting their trust in him. And it says, okay, so this is something besides just intellectually saying, I agree with this. God is saying, are you willing to trust me with your life? Because that's what you've been created to do. Will you trust me? Will you surrender? For some of you, um, that's the decision you're ready to make today. And if that's where you're at, let's just all bow. And for some in here, it's a time of confession, of recommitment, of refocus. But for others, it, it may be a time to surrender. And if that's where you're at, um, just talk to God in the quietness of your own heart. And uh, here's some ideas you want that might be reflective of where you're at. You might say, God, God, I know that you are God and I am not. And I confess I've been doing what's right in my own eyes and I want to surrender to you. And I wanna focus on you and enjoy living life trusting you. So I ask that you forgive me And I ask that you begin um, opening my eyes to who you made me to be and help me learn how to trust you day in and day out. Thank you for your love. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for your forgiveness. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer along with me, congratulations. And um, we had a couple people at the first gathering who did that and, um, and they did what I'm gonna ask you to do. If that's what you did, is when we're done this morning, go out to that center station out there and just say, hey, I, I prayed with Bill today 
and evidently you have something for me. Because what we do is we have some information for you that will give you a couple of verses just to reconnect you to this moment, remind you of what you're doing and why. And then we, we have some practical steps. So how do I enjoy living with God? How does that become real day in and day out? And so we have some practical ideas that I think will help you in your journey with God. And so uh, make sure on the way out, you stop by that center desk and, uh, and let them know you prayed along with me. If you're online and um, you prayed the prayer this morning or this, whatever you're watching this, um, go to rollinghills.org slash next steps and give us the information that where we can get um, that sheet of information to you. And we want you to be able to um, have that as well. One of the things we do every week is we sing together. And if you're new to church, this might be kind of a weird thing. It's like, okay, I sing with people in my car on occasion, but that's about it. And uh, we do that because uh, to remind ourselves in these lyrics, what's true about our relationship with God. And it helps us to keep our focus on God. And so now we're gonna continue to, to praise God, to worship God by singing truths about what is true about him and us. And so let's do that together.